Be on the dugout, lace them up and we run out Step up to the place, swing away, or you get struck out Picture on the mound like you don't wanna face this Hit it so hard, you be running around the bases Do it for your teammates, do it for the fan Do it for your city, true ballers understand You gotta work together, you gotta find a way Put your body on the line and make that play Be on the dugout, lace them up and we run out Step up to the place, swing away, or you get struck out Picture on the mound like you don't wanna face this Hit it so hard, you be running around the bases Be on the dugout be on the dugout. Be on the dugout. Be on the dugout. Well, a very pleasant uh, 7th of May drive time here at Beyond the Dugout. Great to have you along. I'm Jason Gooby's aka Chopper. And as always, my fellow co-host in this one, Damien Collins. G'day, mate. Another week is uh, upon us. Another interview with another legend. It is indeed. Well, this one, though, is kind of special, Damien, because it's our first time in our Auckland base. We're down at the Wairau Sports Bar here on the North Shore of Auckland. Thank you to Alan Vaughan. Absolutely, thank you, Alan. It's uh, my first weekend at, at the at the sports bar, which uh, I've heard many a story from uh, many a softballer from many a tournament about this place. But uh, it's good to be here. Yeah, it sure is. It's a good setting. Scuppy puts it on here at the Warrior Sports Bar. So, if you're in the Auckland region and you want to come along to the show, just come on up to the Warrior Sports Bar, and we'll have a whole lot of activities and things going on in and around the show. Anyway, mate, looking at the week that was uh, this week, the Warriors, man, they were better this week Damon happy about that they got a W which is uh, which kind of keeps them in the top eight well it does keep them in the hunt hey but the old seesaw warriors hey old seesaw warriors good one week bad the next but hey we'll take the good for sure we will indeed so picked up uh, just the, just close one over Queensland 24-20 um, last week but this week man sets up some stellar matchups first starts uh, tonight South Sydney and Melbourne at 9.50 tonight that'll be awesome and then tomorrow Parramatta versus the Roosters so as far as the latter is concerned it's 2v4 and 3v5 they're all fighting for those top spots as they march through the NRL so it should be exciting the Warriors will have their matchup that'll be later on in the weekend they'll take it on Manly on Sunday at 4pm so hopefully for our Warriors they'll pick up another win and uh, it will be two in a row Let's on to on. the rugby now that's the big one the big season at the uh, Sky Super Rugby Aotearoa competition it's all come down to two teams we knew last week was a dead rubber the Crusaders and the Blues my Blues I don't know if I can call them my Blues to be fair <laughs> Damien but they did get the wood over um, the Chiefs um, but it is the Chiefs versus the Crusaders uh, this weekend in the grand final. Quickly, I'm just going to go to my blues. Uh, every time you're in Wellington, do you not walk around in a Hurricanes jacket? So I don't know if you're a blues. Uh, you just work. You just love the merch, don't you? <laughs> I do like the merch, to be fair. And since the Hurricanes only won two matches this season, that's a little tough. They need all a the little, support. All a support. little tough. Well, that one will be at um, Saturday, 7 p.m., the kickoff down in Christchurch, Crusaders taking on the Chiefs. Interest, interestingly enough, uh, Damien, the Crusaders have been pretty impressive this this year. It was the Highlanders, if you remember, at the beginning of the season that came out firing on all cylinders, tipped over the, um, the Crusaders earlier on. But the only other team in the competition to beat the Crusaders was, in fact, the Chiefs. Yeah, they were due. They were due after the poor season under Gatlin last year. But uh, you know, Tumbai Matson's in there now. He seems to has seems to have the money back. And uh, yeah, go Chiefs this weekend. 
Yeah, indeed, indeed. I'm, I'm guess everyone will be rooting for the Chiefs. Anyone, anyone, anyone's in the North Island anyway. You'll soon find out. And best of luck to both teams in that one on uh, Saturday night. MLB, well, another week that was. But I tell you what, we are now around about 30 games into the season, and that's when you start to see teams starting to sort themselves out. Who would have thought? San Francisco and Boston would be the top of their individual uh, sections of the league because going into the season, they looked like they're going to be the wooden spooners. Uh, you know way more baseball than I do, that's for sure. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no. <laughs> well, I tell you what I do know, unfortunately, Damien, my Dodgers have lost something like 12 games in the last 16 matches, and they are the hot favourites to win the World Series this year. At the moment, they're a little of the hot favourites to win the wooden spoon. Has it has that happened? Uh, gone from apart from Cleveland a few years ago, um, going from champs to to wooden spooners. Yeah, it can happen, but and to be fair, there's no way that should happen to the Dodgers this year. Their, their lineup is stellar, but they are going through a slump at, a slump at the moment. I'm sure they'll have one of those, I don't know, voodoo dolls or whatever the case. <laughs> I tell you what was cool this week, though, man. The first match, the Bronx this year, between Houston and the Yankees. It's the first time they've seen each other since 2017. We all remember the, um, the garbage can scenario with the cheaters from Houston. It was the first time there, and boy, oh boy, did the fans at Yankee Stadium treat them to some good barrage from the from the Bronx. Oh, mate, that stadium is amazing. If you ever go to New York, even if you don't really like the Yankees, like uh, somebody on this microphone right now, um, you still got to go to Yankee Stadium. It's uh, it's an atmosphere. It's an it's an education. <laughs> well, something a little closer to home, mate. As we talked about last week, I, I uh, you were going to host uh, your beloved Saints team. I got to pop my cherry and took the kids along to that on Friday night. Boy, are they impressive! I'm always uh, I'm always honoured to be involved with popping a cherry of yours, mate. And uh, yes, I, it was a last minute uh, broke, and I still get those tickets. But um, it was uh, stoked stoked to look up and see you in the stands, mate, with the the, the little one, the daughter, and the and the future son-in-law. Nah, Jax. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, mate, I've missed it. Six hundred and sixty-nine days. I. I we didn't have a game with the Saints with uh, COVID last year. And, um, mate, it was something special to see uh, everybody turn up, and especially when the Hurricanes were playing just down the road, you know. So um, it's always a, a flip of the coin if you're going to go and see the Saints at TSB or go down to the Caketon. And, and I'm glad they turned up, mate. And I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it. And, um, yeah, mate, bring on Friday. Bring on Friday. That's right. Fantastic. Oh, there you go, buddy. What an amazing week it was. Looking forward to the rest of the sport that comes out of the tube as well. Well, of course, the big news uh, this week, Damien, the 31 that were announced in the squad for the Golden Homes Black Sox heading to the World Cup next year here in Auckland. Yeah, I suppose we should add that in since this is a, a fast-pitch softball a uh, podcast. So, yeah, 31 being announced today. Um, obviously, they're going to be cut down to roughly 17 at a later, later date. But um, that squad, uh, there's a few missing, but there's a few bolters, and it's looking good. Oh, I love the bolters. I love the bolters. I love seeing yeah. new, young, fresh faces in there. And, um, you know, the likes of young Max Early, let's oh. start with him, for example. You know, the son of... Uh, Ricky Early, who's a former catcher in the New Zealand program, was in the junior program, but but well experienced, a great coach and a good person. Good to see his bloodline coming through. 
Oh, and Megan. Like, Megan comes from a good stock as well with the colour hands. And, um, yeah, she she has her hand up for everything in the sport. So, yeah, awesome to see Max through there uh, out of the out of the Ramblers Club. And, uh, I mean, you know, when you get to catch uh, Daniel Chapman uh, coming up through the grades, then, yeah, no, you're onto a winner. Yeah, you sure, you sure are indeed. Um, some of the other young bolters, though, Let's we'll leave the, the youngest one to last, but um, obviously one of the kids from the juniors last year, Takeda Kupa Nicola, proud family out of the Waikato region. It's been a while since we've had a Waikato re- representative in the Black Sox, and that's great to see. Oh, absolutely. Takitaka Cooper Nicola. I am never, ever going to forget that name um, uh, after my first day of World Junior Worlds last year, absolutely butchering his name and getting the te- <laughs> text from the family watching at home. So, um, yeah, uh, awesome for the young fella to come, um, get get that, that spot. And, um, yeah, big things for I think the, the big thing with uh, Cooper Nicola to me is that uh, he's dedicated. He may be from um, Waikato and he learned his ball down there, but he's been up in Auckland now playing for a number of seasons for the Roosters. Ball club on the North Shore under Curtis uh, Tompkins. Mm. And oh boy, oh boy, is he taking it with both hands. So good to see the dedication, not just from Takitaka, but his whānau to give him that support to do that. Now, talking about whānau, well, the big one, the young kid last year, he just kind of ripped it apart. Tane Mumu from Hutt Valley. Oh, jo- nah, sorry, Tane Mumu. Oh, mate, I will never get that name wrong as well after calling him <laughs> his sister a couple times through the years. Oh, mate, it's awesome to see the young man um, be be recognised for an awesome season, um, both with baseball and softball. Um, so, um, yeah, fantastic to actually see see him in the ranks there. And, um, yeah, it's, he's also been nominated as Young uh, Sportsman of the Year at the Hutt Valley Sports Awards coming up in, later in May. Um, so, yeah, all-round big raps for the kid from Hutt Valley. I tell you, when I look at the squad, one name that sticks out for me is um, a fellow representative of the Junior Black Sox, Rashawn Thompson, who's in there as well. And that's uh, young Tane Slaughter. Mm. He's a big, tall right-hand pitcher out of Mount Albert Ramblers. I tell you what, I, I think he's the next Daniel Chapman in the but, making. Well, you know, and um, we haven't even seen him him chuck a lot this year as well you know he, he's come on and he and he's done his part but he hasn't obviously been the go-to and he's still a young fella and um yeah he um big time owes me for giving him my shirts because he couldn't wear his Auckland one in um to the North Harbour club rooms after NFC but um <laughs> yeah nah it, it'll go it'll go far that young man uh, good to see, good to see. Indeed. I tell you, the other bolter, I reckon, and it was already in the squad, but wider squad is Bradley Bennett. Jeez, he had himself an outstanding season last year, especially the back end of it. So really looking forward to see where Bradley Bennett can take his game to because, as you know, to play for the Sox, one, you've got to play with respect and do everything that's required, but you've got to play at that level consistently. Yeah, absolutely. Bradley Bennett uh, finishing getting MVP at the clubs uh, for his stellar work with um, Ramblers capturing an, another title. But, you know, that whole setup, all different levels of the game that they, they treat it with that respect. So, yeah, it's awesome to see Bennett um, get this recognition and get, get um, in this 31.
Hard out. Well, uh, we know we've got Patrick Shannon. He's now the new battery coach uh, for the Golden Homes Black Sox. I don't think we should talk to him about the squad in this episode with him because there's a lot to talk to him about anyway, about his career and what he's looking to do with the battery. But we've got the boss coming up next week, Mark Science, and we'll leave the 31 and the squad to him next week. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we've already been warned uh, that Paddy likes to have a talk. So um, <laughs> we'll, we'll keep to his career because he has achieved a lot. But yeah, we've got um, big number two. Um, Mark Sorensen in the chair and on, on the couch back in the 04 next week so um, yeah we'll leave the hard hitting questions to him I reckon of course we've got a big guest coming up this week man Patrick Shannon aka Patty Okay, Patty. Yeah, um, mate. It's uh, it's yeah. It's gonna. It's something special to sit sit next to this man. Um, and uh, I'm just uh, talking off uh, off the mics. Um, he um, it looks like that uh, he chose to be uh, bald during his career. So hopefully we can touch on that. <laughs> he's, got, he's got a bit of hair on top at the moment. I know you're a little bit jealous, mate. <laughs> yeah, he's got hair. God damn him. He looks good. He still looks good. He still looks good, man. I see Hall of Fame. Yeah. 11 times uh, all world player. Sorry, uh, 12. Uh, sorry, 10 times all world yeah. player. And of course, uh, a whole bunch of titles so uh, at the titles. ISCs. And then, as, as you and I know, especially as we alluded from his pr- uh, promo this week, uh, the two big home runs in the World Cup finals in 2004 and 13. Yeah, mate, I was, I was close to putting both of them in there, but uh, of course, I had to get some smiley faces of, of him in there as well with the stills. But, um, mate, I can't wait to talk about those two and, and such, uh, you know, almost mirror image um, of, uh, at bats, you know, whole scenario. So, yeah, um, I can't wait to, to get the stories. Oh, should we get into it? We sure should. All right, buddy, let's get to Patrick Shannon. Let's go. <laughs> Well, when it comes to synonymous uh, batting stances for the Golden Homes Black Sox, you go no further than Patrick Shannon, West Auckland native. But boy, oh boy, when he swung the bat, the crowds came to watch. Thank you, Patty, for taking some time. Oh, no problem. I'm happy to be here. Fantastic, Damien. Patrick Shannon, man, comes with a storied history. He has won pretty much everything from all world selections at the ISC. Four ISC titles, of course, two gold medals for the Golden Homes New Zealand Black Sox as well. But all the age groups, nah, the guy, he's greedy. He just wins everything. <laughs> What's the first, first, Betty, we're in awe of you, of course, but why do you have to win everything? Well, if you don't if you don't go to the shop to win, you know it's uh, probably not half worth the effort. You know, if you put something in, like uh, probably like my dad told me years ago, etc. That uh, if you put something in, it's harder to give up. So the more you put in, you're not going to give it up. So if you're going to give it, you might as well take it as well. Fair enough. Well put. Well put indeed. Well, uh, Paddy, let's start at the beginning, man. Norhair Queer, where are you from? I oh, know, born and born and bred in uh, West Auckland. Um, and uh, my mum's from Samoa, and my father is from Auckland himself. He, he was here, obviously, before her. She born in Samoa, and then she um, came over, I think, when she was probably just over 10 or 11 years old to New Zealand, and then um, her family landed in Mount Albert, etc. and then, I don't know, between then and her meeting my father, and then um, got married, and then they bought a house out in West Auckland before it was actually built up, so it was quite a nice little serene... <laughs> It was open pastures. It was open pastures, you know. Look, we've got a whole bit of land ourselves. Yeah, we can be quiet here. (laughs) And then, boom, didn't happen. But they were still there. Or now she's not, actually, now she's not. But, uh, yeah, that's in a nutshell. 
Ah, fantastic, uh, uh, Patty. Um, softball. We're gonna. You've got a long career, man, and I know everyone's gonna say this podcast is not gonna be long enough. <laughs> not because of your career, but but we all know that you like to talk. That's okay. We love that about you. If I get started, sometimes I just find it hard to stop. That's. I'll try and work on it tonight. How's that? You know what? <laughs> we want you to carry on no, because you've got a lot of good things to tell us, dude. We did softball start. Oh yeah, pretty much. We actually, I never played T-ball, so it was probably after T-ball from our uncle, you know, from my mother's side of the family, the yep. Mike Forsyth, Joe, the pretty storied family in, in Auckland softball, and they got us playing softball probably after T-ball for about six onwards, six, seven years old, and then, um, yeah, and never stopped, it was inbred in us. It's not like some people have asked me before, do we have a choice of another sport? Probably not when when your uncle's a, a softball legend himself, yep. and or a few of them, and then all of us kids and the cousins all brought in. So we we loved it and stuck with it. Well, we're glad that he stuck with it, didn't we, Damien? But but when you look back at those uh, early years, um, some of the clubs you played for. Oh yeah, started off at uh, Metro. I think Metro was the first one. Yep, and then um, a lot of us family members. Foresights as well and, mm-hmm. and the young Gabriels and stuff We all started there And then at uh, oh, Probably 11, 12 years old Mike Forsyth our, my, my uncle Decided to take us all to Marist And that's where we pretty much Cut our teeth And more the more serious side of softball yep. The age group stuff started to come in the, the better coaching And while my uncle was high up in Softball coaching with the, the Auckland Medic- Medicare Marist at that time, you know, national champions, etc. Then that got us just on the saying. track. To, yeah, just saying, just a little plug, you know. Back, <laughs> just get it back out there. in the days, back in the days, you know. And then, um, yeah, from there, just evolved and he pretty much inbred us the whole play to win and play to be good or play to be great. So, and yeah, from there, just kept on that track. Fantastic. We're down here at the Warrior Sports Bar on the North Shore. That's our home for Beyond the Dugout. Uh, here in Auckland, and I see your fans have turned up as well. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll take any fans I get. This is a highbrow community. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is good for softball. <laughs> so we're going to be our fans, uh, three beautiful kids, uh, <laughs> with your wife, uh, wife there, Christy, of course, Taylor, the two sons, Tyrell and Eli. Man, how important have they been uh, with you throughout your softball journey? Oh, no, actually quite quite important like a lot of people think you have kids and and it's a distraction and and it's change of priorities and it it does that in the same sense though when playing softball you know you you give it all you know you have your your ups and your downs and and, um, sometimes you think softball is your whole world and and it sometimes you can't handle taking the losses or or what doesn't go your way when you have kids you know it gives you a different priority but in their eyes they don't care if you win or lose they always think you're the best and so that kind of made it an even keel but um, and for me, that just probably when I played softball, I was you know I was all all out on the field. You know I was I was I was a bit of a pain in the ass and and, and, and you know bullet again. But off the field, I'm a completely different person. You know flip of the coin, and that helped when I go home. They just always thought I'd won. So you never say a good day or a bad day at the ballpark is still not as good as going home. <laughs> was that easy for you to leave it on the field to to put everything in and like you know take that off, head um, off? Yeah, it, when after having kids, it was because it saves you taking the. If you had a bad day, it saves. As soon as you took the hat off or, or you you switched on, you're going home. You left it at the park, and you don't dwell on it because, as a lot of players do, and everyone has it. The more you dwell on it, it can drag into the next game and the next game. So it's kind of, you have a good day or a bad day, but every time you 
you go home, you, the next game you're going to have could be a good day again. So yeah. and, it's, and, and it's only going to be better if you left the bad behind. So, But if you have a good day, obviously it's something good to talk about. But sometimes there's a few quiet conversations at home. <laughs> a bit. <laughs> now sit down. Yeah, Listen shush. to me. I didn't play today. No, I just coach. Just coach. <laughs> <laughs> and it almost seems everything you touch kind of turns to gold, man. Whichever it's a club side or a representative side. Why is that? Oh. It's, it's, I took the emotion out of like, especially as a... Playing-wise, I took the emotion out of... Uh, I didn't hold grudges when I was on the field, you know, and I could yell at people and play at pe- you know, play with people. But... Um, and when I started being the player-coach version of it in the end, it's, it's, it's easy to just push as hard as you can on the field, and I take the emotion out of it, hold no grudges, and that kind of brushed off with the people I played with or, or I had to lead. And then... So you, all the effort goes into what's on the field. Off the field, you can forget about it if I was a, a pain in the ass or I talk bad... To talk down to people during the game and stuff, but off the field, you know, it, it didn't count for nothing, you know. But so, and that's kind of kept an even kill. You just you're up for a game, just like you go to work. You go to work, do your job. Yeah. You can't take it to heart when the job finishes. You go home, and then it saves you. It saved me getting stale. So like you said, I had a long career, and and I never thought I got worn out. I just you just play, you go home because I couldn't take I couldn't take it home with me because mm. then it literally would wear me out. Yeah, yeah. Mm. As as a young fellow coming through the grades, man. Would you hate to lose? Were you really one of those kids that like sulked like shit? Yeah. Yeah, and obviously with my brother, everyone knows Heine, everyone likes Heine, way more than I they like me. <laughs> he was the nice one, you know, and we, yeah, we, you wouldn't say we were bad losers, but we were bad losers to each other, you know, because right. you, you always thought you had a hand in it, obviously being a, a catcher and my brother being a pitcher, we are right in the middle of a lot of it. So if he was pitching bad and gave up a lot of the runs... Or we're on a one-run ball game and I struck out. Well, we're only going to blame one or the other. Yeah, <laughs> no one else came into the conversation. So, how how did pitcher catcher? Did you flip a coin and get the position, or did you uh, gravitate to that position? How did that happen? And are you still dirty about the result? <laughs> I just think I could hit better than him, so I took on the catching. <laughs> so he, he, so he could take the pitching and didn't have to worry about hitting so much. I think right. so. I think that's how it went to. So yeah, n- never really had a. Couldn't say we chose. It just kind of evolved to it. So. I suppose it worked out alright well, I'm looking forward to talking about your hitting That's for sure Oh yeah without a doubt We're going to get to that Especially uh, with your batting starts I know that's always the go-to question With a lot of people about you When they get to see you play But that connection with you and Heine uh, Obviously growing up And the flimmerisation of each other How did that pay as a benefit Or a distraction when you got to the elite level? Oh no, definite benefit You know it's One thing with Heine Everyone knows how Heine plays and stuff, he never questions, he never shakes, and he trusts any person that was the catcher for him, you know, and, and luckily enough, I was, I, was, I was his catcher for a lot of the big games, big moments in our, both our careers, and so he trusted me over everything, but I, what I decided with him, I knew he could produce, and vice versa, he was never going to let me down, and Heine is renowned or famous for having the, probably the biggest ticker in, in softball, mm-hmm. probably ever, mm-hmm. he'd probably, you'd, you'd find it hard, to think of someone who would go longer and harder than he would, yeah. win or lose, he, he never he never blamed no one when he lost. He never jumped up and down when he won. He just did his job, you know, and that's why a lot of people respect him and, and loved him for it. So, but for us, yeah, it was just a bit of a trust thing because he knew I wasn't out there to let him down, and he was never out there to let me down. So it got us through a lot of big games, and probably he wore himself out a little earlier than he should have because he would take on more than he should. But that's just probably part and parcel with a pitcher who's not going to say no to the ball. Yeah. 
So, and that's and everyone knows it. it's a, it's a hard trait to have, and it's mm. something you can't teach or coach. They either have it or they don't, and he's got a big motor. So, mm. but then I knew if he's going to go, I've got to go with him. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, you talk about him uh, agreeing with everything that you threw up. But was there ever a time where he overcalled you with uh, one uh, of your calls? <laughs> There's one time, <laughs> one time. I knew this was, one. This was this was one time. Don't um, get a sore neck now, honey. Yeah, no, it was famously that um, playing the club nationals. I've never won a club nationals. That's, probably, that's the only thing I haven't won on the planet. I, I didn't want to say that. No, I didn't want to say that. But this is the one time we were lo- we were playing PK. Yeah, and um, they was too good. One guy gave a. I think Honey gave up a home run or something, or it was a big inning, and mm. Thomas Marquette came up to bat. And it's the only time I walked out to him, I says, well, we've got to put him on. So we've got to hit him, because it saves his pitches, because he was already yeah. probably 150 pitches in yeah. that norm, you know? Yeah. And that's the only time he said no. And so, yeah, he pitched, and I says, okay. Because I said, I gave him respect of listening to him, because he, mm. res- he respected listening to me. Yeah. But then he gave it to him, and then I think, you know, Larry... Got a hit and didn't turn out well again. <laughs> but it's, it's the only time he's questioned because right. he's saying, no, he's not like that. And I, I respect him for that, but that was the only the one time that I was probably trying to say we need to save you a little bit. Yeah. Because I can put him on because I can throw him out. Yeah, but yeah. no, he's, he's going to go for it. You're th- yeah, thinking ahead of the so game. So it was, it was a good thing and a bad yeah. thing at the same time, yeah. but hey, you, you, you're right or die. So, But before we get on to uh, international career uh, and things like that, What's some of the, the most memorable moments that you have from club softball here in New Zealand? Oh. Probably when I, when I was coming up through the grades early and, and for the club softball, I, was, I got a chance to play for probably Marist mm. Premiers when I was young. I, I jumped in probably when I was like 14, 15 years old as a squad member and uh, as a catcher, young catcher, one of the, the pitchers at the time for my Uncle Michael's team was Graham Robinson. And he threw gas. Mm. And that was one of the times that I had to, that was one of those penny drop moments. I, can I be a catcher? Because this guy, he, he comes at you, you know. And yeah. then so, yeah, obviously that's one of the times you told, time to crouch down and take the pitch. And then first pitch he threw down in and broke my knuckle. <laughs> Damn it. But I still had to keep playing. Whose idea was this? Yeah, I was like, wow, I should have called Rise Ball. <laughs> Where's Heidi when I need him? <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> Well, talking about that, let's start there, man, with the catching role. Was that something that came to you straight away, or? Uh, well, yeah, I inherited the position, and I didn't look to go anywhere else. Yeah. You know, and luckily enough, you know. And it's I, not because you're too slow, or. or no, or not really, because I thought I could, athletic, I could right? run around and play everything else, but I think when I through the age groups, no one else wanted to catch as well. Yeah. And I was always so familiar with catching Heine yeah. the whole time in the backyard and all trainings. So if I knew, if he needed a pitch, I knew oh, I can catch him. And then I didn't really, you don't think of it going into it saying, well, I'm probably going to be pitch- catching this guy for the next 20 years mm-hmm. and everything. Yeah. So, and then it's, it's, it never turned out to be a chore, just you become a catcher. Like you, you yourself, you know, it's, you don't choose to be a catcher, you just, you are a catcher. Yeah. You know, yeah. you, you can try and be an outfielder, you can try and be a first base, but if they think of you where you're playing, where are you? Oh, you're, you're catching. And that's what you become. So, yeah. Well, the role as catcher, though, what do you, what do you find most intriguing or interesting part of that role? Well, now looking from the, not that, probably from the outside and from a coaching perspective, it's, it's amazing how you don't think of how much of a leadership role you do have when you just, sometimes a catcher's just worrying about trying to catch the ball, which you're a bit of an fishbowl and everyone's yeah. always looking at what you're doing. Yeah. And, um, and if you're worried about what you're doing, they're going to worry about what you're doing and then you're worrying about what the team's doing. So as a catcher, yeah, it's, if you get a good grasp of it and you can't be shy 
in doing it. You, you gotta you gotta embrace it and and uh, enjoy it because mm. they can see if it, pitchers love catchers who just love what they're doing. Yeah. Because so many times people say, "Oh, I'm not going to be a catcher," and 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 you know you get that, but some people do catch and you have a big game. Or you know you're in the grind in the trenches every pitch. That's where you enjoy it. You don't enjoy the crouching every game and, and catching the ball and you're sore and your hands hurt. and broken, f- broken foot. And then guys that got track shoes on first base just doing time trials on you at second base sometimes. You're like, man. But no one else is jumping in there. No. So you may as well suck it up and yep. say, well, I've got a home plate. I'm going to take second base as well then. You know, And, and from there people see that and they, if they think they can follow you, they will follow you. And that's right now that's what I'm trying to install and in what hopefully comes through in the next generation of catchers. We talk about catches that uh, you play when you were coming up that you would see at the top of the game. Of course, Brutus is one, one Mark yeah. Sorensen. Who were some of the others? Oh, Carl Gould. Yeah. Obviously with the Marathon. He was the real iron fist catcher, which was what, like, my uncle, you know, Mike Forsyth, he loved that. And that was quite an, an easy way to, to follow because it wasn't strategic. It was just the mannerisms and, and the, the attitude of how to catch. It's just like it's his house. Pitchers do what they're told. And he never asked them something they couldn't do. And that's, you know, and the hitting was, I never looked to, for, the catchers aren't worried about hitting, you know. Hitting's the fun time, and it's a bonus if you do hit. So for him, it was, Carl Gould was one of the, probably the easiest domestically, and then um, internationally, the first international catcher I actually talked to was Timmy Wall, mm-hmm. legend, used wow. to come down and play, yep. you know, PK, yep. Wellington, and actually got talking to him quite a lot when, you know, I was, I was a young guy in the, in the young Auckland grades and then he'd always come up to walk and play for PK against the Maris teams and he, and he was legit he was probably the between him and Brutus mm. he, he was the man yeah. he had he had the swagger of doing it all from the baseball-esque smooth and you know how they could do it on the other side of the world and that's probably the two probably quite influential catches there's a lot of catches that you know are really good and, and I've taken parts out of them but yeah. probably those two was probably the most dominant you knew when they were playing and the pitchers knew as well so that's you know and, and it's hard to find these days not saying nothing is catches, but yeah, just to be influential behind the plate is a big thing too. And it's sometimes it's you have it or you don't, but it doesn't mean you can't try to get it. So, yeah. well, talk about doesn't mean you don't have to try to get in. So, Mark Sorensen, obviously one of the stalwarts behind the dish uh, for New Zealand. Did you ever have a thought at some stage of changing position? <laughs> well, mm. oh. no. <laughs> like, the, the, the right face. at the start, you're thinking, wow. If you wanted to go for like in my uncle Mike Forsyth, he was with them and he played against them before yeah. the Maris team and, and you know he was in the whole you know the Auckland coach and stuff. He's saying, well, he's the man, but he ain't going nowhere. But he says, if you want to be a catcher, you have to make them notice you. Yeah. And I says, well, I got nowhere to go. I got a good thing going with Heine and stuff, and I was and I was comfortable where I was in the Auckland scene kind of thing. So I says, well, if, if I'm going to be a catcher, I just can't be invisible. And that's where it came from. The evolution of my betting stance to how I play the game. I just said, if you know if you make the team or not, I'm never going to sit next to a phone and wait for it to ring. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, there you go. Betting stance. I said it twice now, yeah. dude. You've got to tell us the story. Got how to. the hell did you come up with this marquee stance, Patrick Shannon? You just walk to the ballpark, you see the stance, you're like, that's Patrick Shannon. Absolutely. Yeah, it's the easiest charade to do, isn't it? You know, <laughs> it's the easiest one to, to, to pick up. Um, when I was younger, before the Under-19 World Series team, yeah. which is I missed out, you know, I, I batted straight away, you know, and in the first few years in the premiers, I, I, I batted straight away through the age groups. And I could hit inside pretty well, like, like normal, no real problem, etc. on the plate. But as soon as they threw me outside and that started to come real apparent in the, sta- in, mm. in the premiers, 
way off it. I mean, I was allergic to it. Yeah. That and the change-up. <laughs> oh, damn then, it. Damn it. And that's when Eddie actually came to me, he says, because his brother Chris, rest in peace, Chris Colassi, mm. had a little bit of an open stance as well. And, yeah. and the, why, the reason he did it was a similar reason why I chose to do it as well, is I had to be able to step over to the ball because the swing was all right. You know, it's like there's nothing major. It was just like I just wasn't getting over to the ball. I'd swing and swing, but I'd be behind. The ball be way outside my bat yeah. because I'm not stepping over. So, and then um, so I, I uh, trial and error, and I says, even Eddie said something's got to change. And my uncle Michael says something has to change. or go play somewhere else. <laughs> wow. Even your uncle said you need to do something, goes, yeah. you're gone. Because it was like yeah, that you know everyone can hit 200. Yeah. He says, and if if you want to be something, you know you, you have to change something. So then it was the decision to do it, and so. It, Talked to Eddie, you know, and he and it was more of advice. And then he actually said, "Okay, we're going to try a little bit, and you have one year to do it. If it doesn't turn out, and this was a '92, if it doesn't work out, you're not doing it anymore." <laughs> so I had a one-year trial. Wow! And I says, oh, "I got to do it because everyone was just throwing me outside, and I was just striking out, striking out, striking out. They wouldn't throw me inside. One time they threw me inside, get a hit, strike me out. I was getting DH every third at bat. Oh wow! Yeah, and the pre- so I was quite. It was." You took it to heart so yeah. you, It was that bad You had to change it yeah. And it was quite condensed I, How old they, were you then though? I was Probably 16, 17 Wow And it, that only happened For probably half the season Because when I was up In the prems I wasn't playing every game Yeah. But it was enough to say It's not going to stay like this Because yeah. Like you say you, You've been a catchy People have their traits If they don't change You can stay with that For years until they change Yeah. yeah. And so But Mike Between Michael Forsyth and Eddie They said Well Let's change you and then from that year, the, I did it for a year. At the start, it was a bit rough, and a lot of the times I'd start open a little bit, but the umpires would call time and say, are you in the box yet? <laughs> oh, no, I'm ready to go. Are you sure? <laughs> Your foot's over there. Oh, no, I'm ready to go. Okay, play Do you want to play? Yeah, and then, yeah, and then evolved from there, and then it, it, I got more open. The, the more I went, to, it generated me more power, more power, and then, yeah, was, from there, it's how it finished. Do we just call it the petty, Shannon? I suppose it is because if you, if you, if you're in a normal conversation, you just say, "What's the petty shenanigans?" Uh, yeah, 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 yeah it is. Absolutely. It's, it's not the, yeah. I suppose it's the only name it can get. Well, so with uh, such wide open stance, uh, I'm sure pitches didn't hit you much. Oh, <laughs> oh. oh no, it's quite the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> quite the opposite. You know, it's, I've heard. Uh, yeah, I've got the, I've got a few records of the most hit by pitches from domestically and internationally. Wow. So it's but it's it cuz I, I stood right on the inside line as well. Yeah. A chopper, you knew that. Yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If it like didn't him, hit me, like it was now. a strike. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. That was it and and I kind of I just took away half the plate and I wasn't there to walk. I was kind of you know, it was that's half of the my style of hitting was. I wasn't I didn't have much finesse. I wasn't trying to work a count. I was just saying it's yeah, the hit me or I'm swinging yeah. off my ass. And yeah, and it's and it's and it's why I didn't really worry about how I batted. I I never took batting practice. I I never took batting practice for a game. The last time I did was the the first game of my first World Series in '04. I did batting practice, and then I got the hood. The first game I played for New Zealand in the yeah. World Series, and I never did that again. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Who pitched in that first game against you in the World Series? Mike Roberts, okay. and then Heine got me once. Because yeah. <laughs> everyone thinks Heine got me. I said, no, Heine got me once, but Mike Roberts got me twice. Uh. Yeah. And so, so you never took batting practice? Ever again. No, wow. not, before a, not before a game. Right. Only off game days. Yeah. And that was it. And I, nev- and I never did anything off a tee or a wiffle ball. If it wasn't on the field, I wasn't going to do it ever. 
Mm. And that's kind of my thing. So, like, I never do a pitching machine. Wow. Just little things that keep me yep. mm. less things I have to worry about. Never knew that about you. I thought, thought you'd be the guy with blisters on his hands. Oh, not no. Getting out of the no, I was, if I did do batting practice, I was two months, six swings, and I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't waste them. You know, I might get a few good ones during when you're wearing numbers on your back. They might count. <laughs> Well, because uh, uh, that's something I didn't know, but something other people don't know, um, part of your success has been your mental fortitude. Uh, and we know you've got a, a, um, a deep uh, story to tell just before you debuted for the Black Sox to do with your father. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, 95. Uh, two weeks before I was just doing my debut tour with the New Zealand men's team, I, um, my father had seven heart attacks and he died. You know, and he was a very heavy smoker. So... It was not like it was, you know, unexpected, but it was on, it was on its way, and, and he just could not not give up smoking, which was it was fine, you know. We always grew up with him smoking heavy smoking, three We're packs a day. Twenty years of age wow. at this time. Yeah, you know, and then um, so yeah, he had six heart attacks, and then the seventh heart attack, yeah, he was in town, you know, somewhere in, in in town, and I'm not saying. And then um, I got rung. I had to go to the hospital, and 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 you know, go into a room, draw a curtain back, and had the idea. And that was probably that was the hardest thing. That was probably one of those not dark moments, but it was the real a real moment of, of like wow, Jesus, you know. Sometimes things hit you when you don't expect you to hit, and then uh, that that time you know you don't think of what, you know what you're doing at that time, and, and come to, to to say it was two weeks before my my first ever tour, you know, which was he was he was excited about, he was proud about, but um, yeah. So me being the one guy to idea's body, and it was the last day I cried. And I don't say that saying, oh, I'm a tough guy. It's just, you, did, you don't know, you, you cried it all out that day because it's, it hits you hard when you, they pull the curtain back and you're the, they leave you in a room by yourself and you have to say that's him. And, and then, you know, it's probably part of the reason why I'm quite a blunt person or not dry, you know. I'm, yeah. I'm a matter of fact because he was like that too, but it was my responsibility to go and do that. Yeah. So, uh, and then he was always a firm believer, if you're going to do something, do it. You know, and that's like where the winning comes. So that's... And he, no, no grudges, no time for grudges, no time for the bullshit. You know, there's no dramas. It's you either play or you don't. You try. You, there's no trying. There's doing. You know, and, and and with him gone, you know, and it was a bit sad, but a funny story leading to that. Yes. Two weeks after we get on tour, you know, we're, we're in Salt Lake City, and there's a, you know, obviously with the New Zealand men's team, there's a few great players, and there's one guy called Dean Taikato. Crazy, he, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Start laughing if we say. And we're in a van <laughs> driving back. From a tour, you know, from a game in Salt Lake, about probably like a 40-minute drive, quite dark, you know. And all the boys knew about, you know, my dad dying, except, obviously except him. <laughs> and, um, we, were in a, we were in a van, and then uh, we were conversations in the van quite quickly and stuff, and then something came about fathers. I don't know why, just family. And then he yells out, we are in the van, he was right next to me. Eddie's behind me, Frank, uh, Fred White, yeah. another behind me in the team, and um, Steve Roberts, another guy, etc. Steve Leach, pitcher. I could probably name yeah. lots of. And then um, he he says something to the lords of, oh, who needs fathers? They're, they're just a waste of time, you know. No one needs them, which is fine. I didn't take it to heart, but the whole van went real deep. <laughs> and then a, he was sitting right next to me, and a hand comes over between us and taps him on the shoulder. I think it was Eddie that whispered in his ear. Obviously, he said, well, you know, Paddy's... Yeah. And that was the quietest he's been ever. <laughs> and it was a pretty quiet <laughs> van ride for like near half hour. And I didn't. I felt bad for him, but it was a little laughable after the fact. But that was the only time old uh, Taikato was like, "Wow, that's oh my bad." <laughs> <laughs> but you know, lighthearted. But sometimes, yeah, foot and mouth disease comes with the best of them. Sure does. Yeah. 
Well, dude, that's, uh, I guess everything's character building, is, as you're saying. So debuting in 95 at the age of 20 with some of those superstars of our game. What was that like? Oh, no, it, yeah, it's, it's a real penny drop moment. You know, it's like then you're not the new guy. Well, you're the new guy, but you're not the guy that's not expected anymore to do stuff, you, 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 to be one of them, just like into the Black Sox. You can be a rookie or a veteran, but when you're given a job in this uniform, you're expected to do it. Eddie was our captain. You know, and we had only probably a handful of of um, rookies. I'm not. I can't really num- name them much. I had Roman Gabriel with me, mm-hmm. and probably it's the only noted one that I really knew about. And then, um, yeah, it was it was a w- one thing I loved about it when we toured. It was nothing about what I love about so nothing about stats. It's playing, you know, and it, it's a stats driven game for yeah, sure. Yeah. But the more you the more you want, the less you get. Right? And, and stats, that's how I think. So the less you want, the more you get. So all the, the little I want is I want to play. Play hard. And then in the States, it's, it's kind of born and bred. It's, you're there to play. There's no scoreboard. Well, there's a scoreboard. There's no, there's no scorers in your dugouts and stuff, especially with the teams you play in. And that was a real, no one cares how you went as long as the team wins. You go you know, 0 for 3, you win. It's better game 3 for 3. And, and you know, the, gen, the generic kind of trip-ups of, of young players trying to worry about themselves and stuff. And, that, and, I, I, and I, I relished that. Which is, was quite because you know just playing as as part of it, play hard too. Because like with Eddie being the captain, it was not about how you did; it's it's how you go about it. Yeah. So if you played hard, you held your spot because you're always going to be on it. You can't sulk if you don't if you don't do your job because then you won't get another shot. So and that was the biggest takeaway I did from that tour for sure. Through your career with the Black Sox, and there's going to be lots of memorable moments, of course. And we know 04 and 13, and we're going to talk about that in a bit. But if you look at your career, and you had a long career with the Sox, man, like a long career that people were so envious of. Um, we were great to see you to be able to do that, but you know, what were some of those highlights for you outside of 04 and 13? Well, the, the highlights is when you turn from a team, like a team member to a, like a, a, a leading member. That's probably one of those, you, know, you never ask for it, you know, you become one of the stalwarts, you know, and, and you'd say veteran, but it's not, sometimes you're not being there long enough, but you start to be one of the guys that they look at, leadership groups, you know, you're not the captain, but people start to listen to what you say and stuff, and that's, and that kind of evolved, it evolves quicker with success, yeah. as you know, but it, it's, uh, I was kind of renowned, not renowned, but I was kind of taken on, I'm the one that just says no, no drama, no bullshit, you know, if people want an honest answer, go ask Patty. You want to know if you if you're a dick, I'll call you a dick. You know, if you're, if you're the man, I will call you the man. <laughs> okay, that's officially the D word is out there again. Patrick <laughs> <Yeah>. Shannon <sighs> cuts it off. Yeah. Nice. Uh, Another well, catcher. Yeah. Um, before we get on to uh, 04 and and 13, because those were just memorable moments for me as a fan. To be fair, but um, getting to play overseas. Let's talk a little bit about the ISCs now. How did that come about for you? That was Heine that did that. He started off. Few years, few years earlier in Wisconsin, you know, and, and Iowa actually right in nineteen ninety three he went, and I went in ninety four for mm-hmm. one season, and um, went pretty well. And then who was that with? Van Meter Auctions, a, a little bit of a no 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 name team that did not much. We actually qualified, but we didn't even stay for the world tournament. I mean, honey, you know, we came back, but it was kind of a little bit of vibe. He got that tied in. Billy Hillhouse was his connection for the start of that. There's right. a name going back, and yeah, then yeah. Um, Heine actually went on a few years after that, but. In '94, I, w- I went. I was I could have gone back, but then '95, I, I was lucky enough to make my first New Zealand team. So I said, "No, I'm not. No more states. This is where I want to be." You know, kind yeah. of thing. And then, and then after that, from '95, I didn't go. 
until 2001. Five year high. I basically got married quite early. You know, got married and I said, you know, did the whole family, yep. buy a house, yep. etc. stuff. And, and in between that, a lot of New Zealand softball stuff. So I didn't really have time or I didn't think I needed time to go overseas. And then from that, 2001, I got talked into going over. I missed out in 2000 team, which was probably... One of the ones I might have thought I should have, but then they won it, so then, you know it's irrelevant. But that's the only time I thought, oh well, probably time to look elsewhere a little bit, see yeah. what else is out there. Yeah. And I didn't plan on going for very long. I planned on going for one year, and one year turned into fourteen years later. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Funny how things happen. Wow. Indeed. Yeah. I mean, uh, we look at the ISCs just a, a little bit with a microscope here, uh, mate. Ten all world selections. Only eleven players in history have made 10 or more all-world selections. How proud are you of that? Yeah, quite proud when it's said out loud because when you're playing, it's, it's, you, you never guaranteed it, but it's, it's, a lot of it comes with the, not like the hard work of it, but if, if you're scared of getting it, you, you won't. I was, I was, I was, I'm quite proud of what I've, I've accomplished. You know, It's like looking back, what I've done and what I've left behind is, is quite hard to argue at, at times, but I'm still quite proud to talk about it for sure. And... I never thought it would be like that at all, you know, especially with some of the names that in the same list of what those people, the same people have done. So, um, but yeah, it's, it shows what hard work pays off and, and not taking stuff to heart, just going for it. Just, you know, sometimes you just got to have a swing for the fence on it, you know, matter of speaking and see what can happen. Do you think playing uh, in, in the United States uh, or North America helped your game as a black sock? Yeah. Yeah, because it's... I, I love the professional side of it, which is obviously there's a lot of, a lot of fun times when you're away with the boys and stuff. But I like the, you play good enough for you're not there, and there's no grudges like with sponsorships or sponsors per se. That they couldn't care what the team does or what you do as long as you win, and so that makes you you're all part of one, you know. And you you, you game game after day after day, and you're paid to play. You're not paid to be sore. You're not paid to moan. You're not paid to hope. They just they expect and they sign you. On what they want you to do or what they think you can do. So it's funny when you in the ISCs and you get a lot of the Black Sox guys go. It's amazing how high regard the, the American teams or coaches hold the players, higher than sometimes you think you, you hold yourself. But that's the responsibility you get if they, if you become that kind of player in those kind of teams. Well, talking about uh, the ISCs and playing in the states, mate. Two questions around that: What's the best ballpark you played at, and what's the worst team name you ever come across while you're over there? Oh, geez. Best team name, that's a good one. Probably the best ballpark. Um, Sunset Park in Kimberley's a, a big favourite. Wow. And then uh, that's that's probably like the home of, of, of ISC softball there. That and, and closely or nearly equals Eau Claire, Wisconsin, which was I was lucky enough to, that's where I won my first ISC, but that was only an hour away from where I was based for the first five, six years where I played, and that's two Wisconsin Diamonds, but yeah, very famous Diamonds, and... Um, Wow, for the, f- the worst team name? <laughs> wow, I have to go to slow pitch teams, I suppose. I don't know. Uh, well, okay, here's an, there's, a, the, no, there's a team called the, I don't know where they're actually from now, just top of my head, but the Black Sox. North Dakota Black Sox. Really? No, the Kegel Black Sox. I oh, think Tyrone Bartarella plays for them. <laughs> and that's just like, is it the worst name? No, it's just in bad taste. It's like, <laughs> come on, man. Come on, dude. You can't use it. Come that. on, what are we doing? Yeah. What are we doing? You know, so every time you, you hear that name, you're like, oh, Oh, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> Penny, would you like to come over to North America and play for the Google Black? No, no. Sorry, no. so I'm losing reception. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry. Time, timed out. No, no Wi-Fi. Can't hear you. 
Talk about the times over there, man. Times on the road. The, uh, uh, and I know you've played with a lot of different teams, some of the top, some of the middle, wherever it was. Um, but you would have had some interesting travels around the country as well. Oh, God, yeah. You know, it's, it's amazing that you can go to in the middle of nowhere, you know, and, and literally you, you drive for two hours and then all you see is lights, <laughs> like spotlight, floodlights, and then there's a diamond in the middle of nowhere. And you're like, wow. And you think this place is, hills have eyes, you're going to get <laughs> killed. Yeah, and, and then you walk <laughs> it, and it's, it's like a mini Yankee Stadium to them. Wow. It's, their whole, it's their whole world, you know. Even when you travel the small Sopo communities where they really love it. And, and that's, yeah, that makes it worth it. shows you there's, life's bigger than, say, from an uh, Auckland softball person who's playing in the club teams. It's, there's a, the softball's way bigger than playing in the Auckland League. There's a lot, a lot of different ballparks, a lot of different people who around the world who play it and love it just as much as us. But it's amazing what you can go and see if you have the opportunity. With that being said, talking about opportunities, have you, have you, have you had a bunch of young players sitting in front of you now? What would you tell them about playing overseas? I say if it's, if it's something you can do that doesn't uh, doesn't put you backwards when you come home, you know, and that's from. Like you say, from a fun, don't don't leave your job over it because you're not going to get rich. You're not going to pay your mortgage over it. You know, there's obviously stories of this. You can make good money. Yes, you can make good money, but it's 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 a false sense of security of of a real job. You know, if you go there for the right reasons, like a lot of players go over there, they go there, they drink piss, they come back overweight, and they actually didn't get nothing out of it. Yeah. They think they did, but you never hear a lot of those players starting to light it up when they come back home. They play in a mediocre team overseas, they come back and they play mediocre. You know, you get the ones who play in the top teams in the States, they come back here and they play in the top teams here. It is, it is connected. You go, to, you go over there to win and learn to win, you'll come back here and do the same. What does the regime then for Patrick Shannon when he's overseas, you know, the Monday to Friday between tournaments, yep. whatever the case, what does that look like? Well, mine was easy. It was, it was usually travel Monday and Friday, but Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday... Workout, you go to the bar at night, you know, you, you always you go to the bar, you see the boys at the thing, but you, I worked out every day, mm. and then travel on the weekend and played, and that was it, it's, it's, I didn't, you know, you go see ball games, and do that, but then I always made sure that I kept myself honest, I didn't just go for a holiday, whole week just do nothing, you know, and, and, and that's probably it kept me consistent. Because you can't just let it go. You see some guys and and stay, you know, like for me, staying in shape's way easier than getting in shape. Yeah. You know, and they're there. And I was very mindful of you're there to play, and they see you in, in such a regard that they don't expect you not to. And you know, and that's as simple as it sounds. It's how I go about it because it's how you you don't lose your way so much. You know, you just go right off the rails, and then you worry about. You know, money and stuff. And when I went over there, if you go over to the States as a young person as well, make sure you're able to look after yourself regardless what happens. Yeah. Because if you want to stay there, you've got to be big enough to say, I can take care of myself if you want to be there. You can obviously get a lot of horror stories and things go bad and you haven't got no money with you. And now what do I do? Well, that's when you shouldn't have gone because you're going there to play ball. You're yeah. not going there to, yeah. to get rich. So, yeah. We talk about look good, play good, uh, dude. I oh. think every, <laughs> every time I see you in the ballpark, guys, you always had everything matching. You name it, you had it. <laughs> when you went to the states, it must have been like a lottery. Oh, mate, you know, you put your order in. You know, how many like, pairs of cleats do you have? I've got, oh, I've got over ten left now. Wow. You know, but then it's like I've got to say, a good friend of ours, 
Darren Blong, you yeah. know, through, through Eastern Softball, you know, great sponsor and stuff, and he looked after me a lot of the time. And and with the teams you get over, yeah, they just obviously the peripheral stuff is, is the easy stuff to get right, cleats and stuff. It doesn't mean you play well, but it, it goes a long way to look good, play good, and stuff. But it's like anything; if you're able to, it doesn't. I wasn't. I wasn't shy. I was, if, if I can, I'm going to. If I'm going to look like Jerry Rice, I'm going to. You know, it's, it's, it's why not, you know, and, and comfortability as well. But for me, I wasn't um, with Darren and, say, with my gear sponsorship, I wasn't tied to just the same set of cleats, same betting gloves, same bet. I was quite easy to say next year comes, I, I, you know, I, I roll over stuff. I, I didn't get tied into the little, like, uh, superstitions. I had yeah. to keep the same thing forever. I was just quite, you know, the less things I attached myself to, the less things I had to worry about. So no superstition. No, oh, like a lot of no, I just know betting practice for a game. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty much the biggest one, you know, yeah. and that's, that's probably the, and a lot of McDonald's if I can. <laughs> <laughs> the smile got bigger. Oh, yeah, that's it, man. Body by McDonald's. Guy. Look at him. He says he's <laughs> McDonald's bullshit. <laughs> I eat McDonald's as well, God bless. <laughs> um, Patty, um, before we get to 2019 with the ICs, because you had a long career there, man. Um, your first uh, world championship, what was that like? I Oh, for the Black Sox? I, no, ICs. ICs. Um, yeah, there was... Who two, was that with? 2001 with County Concrete. Right. And I had uh, Heine with me mm-hmm. and Dean Holine, which is a big Canadian yeah. player and pitcher, etc. And he was not starting out, but he was on his way up, starting to become, you know, renowned and stuff. And then uh, that was... That was Big eye opener. First off, going to this, uh, uh, like a real team, yeah. a team that's actually looked after and, and there to play. We had a few international guys, you know, but we were we were ranked, you know, probably mid table. We actually finished ninth, top or top eight, which was massive. But since we were going into the tournament and you you ranked during the season sixteenth, we had to play the number one ranked team opening night, and which, was, which was Decatur Pride. Yeah. Darren Zach and um, oh, Mike White. Yeah. And they pick, pitched the third guy. I can't remember his name. Sorry. I, I do know him, but I can't think of him. And um, so we're playing this. But going to the World Tournament, like you get national anthems, opening ceremony. It's like a World Series. This yeah. is the show. Like yeah. a lot of players that never play for their country in the States, they actually think they hold this in high regard. A lot of people would say, what's what's more harder to win? ISC or ISF? Some people say, but you know, some people say ISC, which is, you know, you're the best on the planet to make a team. In, this, in ISF, you're the best in your country to be in the team. Yeah. You know, so, but from New Zealand, we're lucky enough to say that if you can win ISC, you can win ISF because we we usually have the biggest say. Yeah. So being the black sock, and, and when you come home, they know if you're a black sock or not. So that, that's probably holds, you know, holds trump card on that. But for the the tournament there, when we had to play opening night, and it was massive, you know, we're playing defending champs. And I didn't even know that. I was like, oh, so one of those, and we won. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> and we were Wait a minute Did, did Whitey and Zach Sit on the bench Yeah, game? yeah, yeah. They didn't we, they were, we weren't expected to We pulled it out Our ass And um, and it was in Eau Claire And we're from Wisconsin So we were like We were the world champs That night Oh my god wow. That took me two days To get over that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not for them Because they had to play oh, The next day now Yeah, yeah that's right yeah. yeah So they put them into the You know They were put into the Losers bracket straight away And and that's yeah, but we were it was it was a it was a big stepping stone for the team, and then straight away it's funny like in the ISCs, as soon as a team makes an upset, every other team knows who's in that team. It's like oh, who's this guys? What's that do? It's like any sport, and yeah. then you're on a radar yeah. straight away and stuff. So, but yeah, that was but it was amazing to see, and it was yeah, it's like it's where men play. It's uh, they come strong, and and they take it to heart too. Losing hurts. 
overseas, and it should hurt here. And here, like say for the New Zealand softball, it it doesn't. Sometimes from looking in at this point, it doesn't look like it hurts that m- enough. So over there, that's why that's where the memorable start. It's not even the softball, the play that I wouldn't tell you what I got a hit or not. It's what you feel at the end and, and how people take it. And that's that's a big thing going overseas to play. Talking about that, that, those periods, it doesn't have to be that first one. What, what would be some of your most memorable at-bats in the ICs? <laughs> well, minus the, yeah. like, 83 times you got a hit in the elbow. Yeah, no, that's, yeah, a few of the... Uh, probably one of them was probably with the... Um, with the, f- the first... We were lucky, the first IC championship we won, which was... Um, at the same park, you know, but it was in 2005. I actually had, was facing Corey Guru, big Canadian pitcher. He, he pumped gas, you know, and then uh, I come up to bat and I was going, you say I was going pretty well, like normal, you know, I was just chipping in and hitting, the, hitting who you should hit and stuff, but when it gets down to the last two games, now you're playing for keeps, you know, yeah. and then uh, he threw, you know, he threw, he was throwing gas. You know, big foul ball, first pitch, drop ball. Is this like the farm? Yeah, the farm. Right. Playing for the farm in the final, you know, second pitch, foul ball. And I'll swing off my ass, and I thought, okay, he's probably going to come up high, you know, ear it out. And he shakes. I step back and I go back, and Donnie Howes batting my high. Says, "What's what are you going to do, Paddy? You going to take?" He says, "Nah, it's just going for glory. I'm going to break something." <laughs> he, he goes third pitch, same place, drop ball, and I didn't think it landed. Oh. You know? <laughs> yeah, and it got us too close. It's one of those rolls that we were down three 0 in the yep. seventh, and we come back, and then and I think Donnie next hit it over the the, the restaurant. Over a car park Oh I remember the yeah, game Yeah it's, it's the game This is the death right yeah, And yeah. they had scored An yep. insurance run In the top of the seventh That's right yeah That's right And then um, Yeah and then so And that's when Yeah the biggest Everyone remembers Donnie's Just moonshot Massive But my one was I don't know if I hit Through the score Or something like that was big But that was probably One of my most It's either now or never This is where you're really Going to make your name or not Kind of thing You know you're in a final yeah. You get to finals It's good to get We we were already in two finals And we lost two finals So this is our third final If we lost We would have been unemployed Literally (laughs) Even the spot Timmy Sonnentag said We're two seconds And we got here now We don't get it this time Um, That's it I'm out yeah, we're out. It's happened. So we thought, oh well, and we're down three nil. Kiwi boys went like back to back, back to back, to back, back yeah, right? yeah. And then I was like, well, this is because we all kind of felt it, but we took it to heart. So well, not not on our watch. Yeah, we can't. Yeah. can't be like this. And then you know, obviously, you know, it's, it's like it sounds like a fairy tale, but it's no. There's no fairy tale. It's either a nightmare or not. You know. And then that's probably one of the starting memorable at bats. There's a lot of big home runs, and, and sometimes it's you, you always take. You know. You, the lucky ones, but then that's probably the one that meant the most to start off because you, you can't have two rings if you don't have one. You know, you can have ten rings, but you can never get ten if you don't have one. So you, to start there, and that was a, to have a say in that, yeah, that's what means probably one of the most. Well, pretty phenomenal. Mate, if I fast forward a bit to the um, Kitchener River Shark Twins era, it, was, mm. it seemed like around that period there was no one in this planet that could beat you. Well, yeah, it was funny because um, 2008 it was. It was kind of I left the Gremlins, which is a lot of Kiwi guys and stuff, and I got opportunity to say, well, change the scenery, you know, and it's opportunity come. And, and I go to the team that everyone hated me, the Canadians. You know, So I was the yeah. only Kiwi. They dropped six guys to fit me in, prawn rules, et cetera. But it was one of those no Canadian team had won it in th- since the Gators, 17 years, it was a bit of a storied history of they're trying to do it. Let's try it. And they reached out and they actually were, made the effort to say, we're going to name the one guy no one wants in Canada. And But it was all the Canadian great players that have been. 
they were like the great has-beens, the replacements. There's the, the Jodie Ites, which is still great, but they think, oh, they're too, a bit long in the tooth. Todd Martin, the last time he won it 10 years ago. Mm. You know, a lot of guys like that, they're not going to do it again. And then we all got, team came together. Basically, it was 15 Canadians, one American, Blake Miller and me. And then they can stand it. First tournament we come in, and then I come in late, and they didn't even talk to me. <laughs> and then the first game And I, I go And there's Stephen Maloli You know Great Canadian players yeah. Canadian, And I, we had to get off the thing Playing the tournament Jarvis And I get named at Number four And I didn't expect it right yeah. I go, oh shit And I go So I played And no one's No cheering for me Nothing It was pretty just Cordial Because I just showed up You know They yeah. didn't even pick me up From the airport <laughs> I had to go, went to the Holiday Inn and then Kiwi I, can pick himself morning. up Oh I know I was like Oh what's going on here Didn't even have a phone We even let him on the team oh, I know this is where Larry Lynch became One of my close mates Because he yeah. was kind of That in between guy And then But I played Playing in, in Jarvis And actually he had a great game Like seven ribbies Etc or something And then One guy joked He goes Oh jeez Amazing what he plays If he's not jet lagged so everyone's a little bit okay, and and Steve Maloli, he was usually batting four for the first few weeks, you know. And I, I got and I said, hey, it's not me. But the next game, I got hit twice. I was like, oh, okay, hit twice, and then they run out. And says, oh, Petty, do you want us to hit somebody? I go, oh no, anyone I want to hit's in my own dugout. <laughs> and from there, everyone laughed, and that yeah. kind of broke the ice. And then from there, we kind of got, we got real close. Actually, yeah. we had a few years of oh, good running. You must have. Yeah, and then um, and then they yeah they I was kind of become the honorary Kiwi. Well, honorary Canadian Kiwi from them So but uh, yeah Respect it Because they were all In the same mindset of We ain't done yet it's People call you You know A little past it And stuff Age doesn't come into it You just got to be good For two hours Yeah You know And, and sometimes you Just because you want it More will do enough And yeah it was, And it was I was quite proud It was one of my, probably my Probably three or four Best years of softball Because I liked it Between the, the The school set And how the guys How they were on And off the field Made a massive difference And great friends Made from that for sure Dude, if we um, and now I don't want to push past your IC career, but uh, I want to get to the socks shortly, so I can't wait to talk about that. Um, but if we talk about your your last year at the IC, two thousand and nineteen, obviously it is a big year for you. Inducted into the IC Hall of Fame uh, that year as well. But you, you while you were there for uh, as Blair Sefford puts it for shits and giggles, <laughs> why don't I go and play for the Niagara Stompers? Now is that not the worst name of a softball <laughs> team ever? Hey, it's got something to do with grapes, so I oh, okay. I, I, I got a little bit of a Fair little enough. bit of a, a, an attraction to that name, I suppose. <laughs> so you decided to help them out while you were going over? Yeah, it's nice because it was actually once again Larry Lynch yep. kind of got a hold of me. I was actually going over anyway, etc. And then um, I was talking to Larry about it, and, and he reached out to me. He says, "This is a team that would really could do with your help." And I says, "Well, I'm not really in the in the in the mode of helping." I was thought, "I'm I haven't played." You know, when I finished, I finished. Uh, you know, family dictated that when I stopped, I stopped. Yeah. You know, and I could have played more, maybe, you know. But sometimes you, you give so much up with softball, family suffers, so then you, you switch it around. You know, and I was happy to do that. But coming back, oh, yeah, it was qu- it was quite fast-tracked. And, and they didn't take no for an answer because mm-hmm. I says, oh, no, it's fine. I'm, I'm going to be there. I'm going to take yeah. my three days. Yeah. Three days, yeah. you know, the, the complimentary hotel. <laughs> shake a few hands, kiss a few babies. <laughs> you know, you know. And they wouldn't, they just, no, no, we're going to bring it, we'll take care of it. Is this Larry? It. No, this is, oh, Larry was pretty much the in-between guy talking right. to the the, uh, the the team or the sponsor, etc. Yeah. And Because I didn't know the sponsor, I didn't know, no, I didn't expect nothing from them, but no, they were real receptive for it. And then so, in the end, yep, they, it worked out that they were bringing me over. So then I had to decide to, well, I've got to get in, in softball shape. I've been playing another sport for a while, but, right. so then I 
that's when a few people saw me pop up a few years ago playing for the old Auckland United. Yeah, yes, indeed. <laughs> that was a treat, treat too. Mate, I heard a funny story that when you landed there in 2019 uh, for that last season and helping out a team for a little bit, a couple, few weeks, you went to a tournament in Auckland and the pitcher wouldn't throw you a strike because there was no way they wanted you to get a home run your first game back. Yeah, they were just thinking, what? and it's like, I'm literally got off the plane at six o'clock that night playing and they just walk walk just and it was and he was a nice guy about it he was like, no, I'm not, you're not you're not going to do me Patty. <laughs> i don't care you probably can't but just in case you're not yeah so yeah it was, it was quite because it was it was a bit of a it was good to ca- it was a massive catch up that first time it was nice uh, a lot of people were happy to see me back there of you know and because how many years it have been uh seven no 2012, yeah, seven years. Seven years, you know, and then, uh, and it was obviously quite a not a rut, but it was you know it was, you got to end sometime. But a lot of people were happy to see me back. They were happy why I was coming back, but they were actually more happy just to happy to see me play again because yeah. they, they, a lot of them said they missed me. But while I was playing, they didn't say that. Understand? <laughs> 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 When's he leaving? Yeah, that's for sure. Is it God's sake? You know, when does he finish? Put something in his suitcase yeah. when he goes through customs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. <laughs> But uh, mate, when you got to the uh, to the ICs, I don't know how many games you, you got to to help them out for. But uh, I heard you were roping at three from four, double, two home runs, six RBIs, and of course another couple of hit pitches to add to your yeah. record. I know it's first game. The, the the coach of literally didn't know who I was. It was a nice guy, but the, the other teammates had to say Google me because you know, these, <laughs> these guys were all like, oh, shaking my hand, and it was just nice. So I said, no, I'm a teammate. Just. You know, let's play. He said, "Oh, oh Petty, this." I said, "No, no, that's fine." That you know, Niagara Stompers were actually a Division Two team. That's you know, local, which was fine, been around forever, but they were taking the step up, etc. That's why I yeah. was brought on board. But um, so the first game, I was sitting. Coach, no, I'm not playing you. <laughs> wow. So we're down, and I'm sitting with other two teammates, and then we're losing. I says, "I'm not coming here." We're going to go lose. I'm playing in second division straight away. Yeah. That's why I didn't. I didn't want to do that. Yeah. I just, I'm better off just coming for three days. Yeah. So, wow, come the fifth inning. Oh, you want to swing? I says, yeah, of course I do. Oh, well, we'll see what you can do. First switch, I see home run. <laughs> Tie the game, win the game. Yeah. Oh, great. Well, whew, got out of that one. Got out of jail. I says, oh, that's fine. You know, the, the coach, he's just, he has his players and he was nice, but quite set in his ways. Yeah. You know, he didn't really know who I was, which was fine. And I wasn't pushing on it because I, was, I, I kind of knew what it looks from the outside. Yeah. Why bring in this guy? You know, it's, it's like, why should he be here? We've played the whole year, etc. So I says, fine. Next game, same thing. Sit on the bench. <laughs> Losing. 1-0. Fifth inning. Pat. Okay. <laughs> Another home run. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, I've got the, I won the lottery. Yeah. Then he actually started talking to me. So, oh, wow, jeez, you can swing a little bit. I said, oh, I don't know. You know, <laughs> just threw my head at my back. You know? <laughs> you know, so it was there. It was, it was, you know, so then from there, yeah, we, I got to play and we actually played, you know, quite well. You know, we, we actually went on a, a bit of a run, got to the top nine, you know, and played against um, a few other teams and a few players I saw. And, you know, I got, I got quite lucky, a few hit pitches along the way. And then we played the Gremlins, which was a big. Big, uh, big game for the boys. Oh, play yeah. the defending champs. Yeah, these guys like to play the defending champs. You, for an, an, like a, a lesser team, you've actually got to beat someone to say, "Well, hey, this is the this is their tournament." Yeah, awesome. So we're playing. Cheese is pitching. So these guys are just pretty much taking photos and trying to get autographs yeah. for the other team. I'm yeah. like, calm down, boys. <laughs> you know who that is? I'm going to shake his hand. Like, oh, calm down. <laughs> so it was pretty funny. And then yeah, I, old cheese pitching. And then I was lucky to hit a, a double off the fence, score our only run. 
And the next day, Betty hits me. <laughs> I got hit before, but he was like, "Well, I'm not going to give it to you, you know." So it's only gets it's all the same. So, but uh, but then from there, yeah, that was that was it. That was the last game I played for the team, and yeah, and uh, but it was it was great to catch up with the boys and and for the the induction and the ceremony. It was well, well worth going there, and I was really happy that I was able to help out a younger team and and. Some of them it was nice that they, to be remembered, I suppose, when you play. It's nice to be like that. But for that, it was a good stepping stone for that team. And hopefully they will push on from that. I might be going back with them to see how COVID goes. They, they're trying it. But hey, I'm 45. <laughs> Jeez, come on now. Okay. No. Probably in the fifth innings. Yeah. <laughs> masters, masters. <laughs> <laughs> but we talk about uh, last thing on the ICs. Um, uh, you, you touch a lot of people's lives over there with playing and your personality um, you know, Margaret Ryan Say her name What does that mean to you? Oh she's my She's my softball mum yeah. You know it's uh, Probably probably A good 10 years ago You know when I first Started out going there And, and, and played with A lot of the Kiwi guys With the county team the, the famous county team That we won You know a couple of Championships and, and one of the One of the best teams ever Really you know Statistically and, and how we played But we were the most hated Which was fine And and then she was, you know, she was one of the, the crowd members. But at one stage, it got to the point where it was good to be disliked because they hate the, they hate the good teams. But then when they started, for me myself, I was quite hated. Maybe you know the way I played, you know, abrasive and stuff. But when people started taking out on Chrissy a little bit, you know, she'd come over and watch, and then you know people bark. That's when a little across the line. But yeah. that's she was one of the only ones that took my side. And then from that, she started to apologise to me about them, and then she started to tell the other people that what I'm I'm really like because. Yeah. You know, she was like, well, you can write people, that's fine, but keep it on the field. Yeah, in a course. nutshell, you know, yeah. a little more and a little less of that. But, but then after that, I got real close to her and, you know, as one of those biggest fans. I made sure I touched base with her when I went back. Yeah. And um, she, she really loves the game. And from that, she really loves the Kiwi. She, loves, she realises why we come and how we play and why we play like we do. You know, it's like we're not there. We're there for a good time, but we're there to take everything we can. You know, and, and you've got to respect that. We yeah. don't travel all that way to just get a suntan. <laughs> Too true, <laughs> you know. So, and then she loves that. So, but then, like a lot of the Kiwi guys here, that she's pretty much become their mum to all of them. We all look out, look out for her and, and make sure we touch base and, and go and visit her when we can. And you know, it's 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 great when you have fans like that that, that will follow you too and see at the tournaments. So, yeah. Well, Patty, if we can go back to uh, your New Zealand career now with the uh, Golden Homes Black Sox, um, but. I, 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 you've probably got a lot of memorable moments and things, but you know, for, for me to see what you did in 2004, 2013 from the batter's box was simply unreal. You don't do it if you don't swing, uh, you, you know, and Probably they're the, probably the most two memorable and probably what I'm remembered a lot for, you know, because it's... So for the Black Sox, you only want to play your best game for the Black Sox, you know, and it's, 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 a, it's a easy to say, hard to do, because it's, the shirt's pretty heavy to carry, you know, like, you know, and, and for a long time that shirt meant, you know, not meant a lot, it still means a lot, but it was what you had to uphold was, it was always apparent, you know, and, and, and if you were in that team, your best was good enough. So it's like as long as you do your best, good things will happen and stuff. And 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 you know, and you relish it, you know, because like let's say in 04, I was playing next to my probably my, my idol, the, the one, the benchmark, the Mark Sorensen and stuff. And and between me and him, he was one of those. He never had a home run in a final World Tournament. 
So we'd he'd hit, get hits and never, never, never high five and knuckles, knock knuckles, nothing until Winter says, "I'm only going to come to you when you hit one." And then obviously in that final, I, I get the tying run and he gets to go ahead. And that's one of those small things that you have little goals and stuff. But for even me, I wasn't thinking I was leading the team, but I was just making sure I wasn't letting them down. Yeah. And it's amazing what people follow because they see you. They see your uh, your energy and what you do because I was kind of I was fearless on what I wanted to, to hit because. Yeah, it didn't matter if, if it didn't come off. I wasn't going to leave leave it guessing, you know. So and and say thirteen as well. Same thing. I had a bit of a lean run at the start. You know, any pitcher that doesn't just throw gas and true, I'm terrible. <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't. You know, if I play reserves, I'd suck. <laughs> just throw something straight, yeah. wobble down and stuff. Oh my god, I can't. The yeah, I think, what am I got an open starts for? They're not even throwing outside anymore. You know. So, um, but yeah, but. In one of those, like, 13, and I saw Mark again, and he was commentating, all he says is keep swinging. I said, well, that's all I'm going to do, you know, and you can only keep swinging, and, and you trust what you can do with your swing, and, and I trusted what I was, I didn't, you know, get into a, in a rut and change anything, I just, I am who I am, you know, and if they want to keep me in the lineup, they know what I'm going to bring, you, you don't know if you're going to get a hit or not, Yeah. but if they give you something you can handle, I'm not going to miss, and I was lucky enough to do it. Talking about those two situations, and not only are they similar being grand finals, but the team was from behind and you tied the ball game with those shots. How does Patrick Shannon do this? Both of them. Well, it's, it's like you, I kind of, it's like you kind of want it, but I ain't, I ain't scared of it. Because I says, if anyone's going to go up there with that kind of, like, uh, you know, the table setting, I says, I don't mind, it'll be me. Because if, if I don't do it, I'm not going to worry. It's not going to kill me. You know, I'm not going to put the pressure on someone else and, and say, to tie it, there's better players than me that can run on from it then. You know? Am I the player that's already up? Do I get the same pitch to hit? I don't know. But I've never, you know, it's, it's easy to be a front runner, but I don't know if I am. You know, but I, I keep swinging until they tell me to stop. So, yeah. Maybe that's how, you know, that's how I see it. You know, I never thought of it you know, as... I'm scared of it. I hope it's not me. You don't want to be the two out, and I don't want to end the game. Yeah, there's bigger things in life to worry about. Yeah. You know, jeez. Throw me it. Throw at me one. Time. Yeah, throw at me one. Don't hit me. They should have hit me. We probably would have lost. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, another interesting thing from that, if I remember correctly, uh, the one in 04 was Underhill on the hill. No, that was Musi. A Musler, yeah. yeah. And it was a change-up, right? Yep. So you talked about at the beginning of your career struggling with outside pitch and the change of pace. How did you make the adjustment? I was probably, you know, I get my foot down nice and early, but I, tr- I trust my hands, you know, because yep. I'm kind of, I swing with all my hips and, and my body and just swing my arms, so I'm kind of, I always lift the ball. So, you know, I, I'm always behind it. And with Musi, we had a bit of a rivalry in the States for the last three years, you know, and he hit me a lot. But he'd get me a few times, but since I started, you know, obviously my, my, my batting stance evolved, I was starting to get the better of him. Mm. But the only thing that I didn't hit really hard was his change-up. He, basically, he kept me in the park with that a lot, you know. So, And I knew if that's one thing he's going to go get, you know, because you can throw gas and I'm going to swing. As, as hard as they throw, I'm going to swing as hard. So he's probably thinking, well, I'm going to try and he has to work on it. You know, he has to work this one out. And Yeah, yeah it's probably a bit of his regret. It's not like saying I knew it was coming, but I was kind of, I was always ready I knew at one stage I was probably going to see it, you know, so. This kind of sounds like a thinking hitter, which I'm yeah. usually not. But <laughs> that's, that's actually where the next question is yeah. going, dude. You know, the, the, the dynamics, not the physical part of hitting, but that mental side of picking pitches or understanding the game, what they're wanting to achieve, how important is that? 
Oh no, it's massive, especially like being a catcher as well. I, I kind of it's it's like a chess match, you know. And you know, but for, for say for when I'm hitting, I, I always wanted to be able to hit their best pitch, you know. Like when you're a hitter, you say, "Oh, I'm gonna get their B game," you know. You, you take a big foul ball and they're good down and in. You think, "Oh," and then they'll change it up, and then you might get a, a hit. I always worked on if I'm gonna hit you, I wanna hit your best pitch. So there's no hiding from it. So I wasn't trying to I wasn't trying to set them up, but I was I was quite. Uh, ready, or I knew what their B game was because you watch, you know, from the on deck. But you you can't go in naive. It's easy to say I'm a hacker, you know, I just it's swing as hard as I can. But I'm not naive. I knew what I did have a plan. So, but yeah, it's but the challenge of us always wanted to hit their best pitch. That's why a lot of my hits will be early in counts or after foul balls because I'm not taking walks. It wasn't my job. It wasn't my the way I could I could play. So, yeah. He did pretty fine, sir. 101 games for the New Zealand Black Sox team. On that road, 26 home runs for a career betting average of 373. That's phenomenal. Damn. Well, geez, I'll take it, eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, and um, well, I was just happy. I wouldn't mind if I uh, a hit a buck 50, but as long as I got to keep those hits in the finals, I'll yeah. be happy as well. That's, yeah, eh? You know, it's one or the other. <laughs> Absolutely. Moving on to a different part of your career now, uh, some of the recognition stuff, and we obviously talked a little bit here today, but the Hall of Fame nominations, I see, um, of course, Sopple New Zealand, you know, how does that make you feel? Well, it was really quite, for the New Zealand one, I was actually just picking my kids up from school one day, and I just get a phone call from New Zealand Sopple, and I'm like, oh no, because I, when I left, I, you know, it's one of those, love New Zealand Sopple was with them, but as everyone knows, when you're in the softball community, when they ring you, they, they're asking for five minutes, but two months go past and you're still doing something. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Chop. Where are you now? How's it, how's it going? You know? okay. No, you're like Tony Giles. Don't be like that. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, oh, you know, and, and I, try to, I try to make a habit of trying not to say no all the time. Yep. So it's better to just don't get in the positions of that they might think you could, you know, like sort of stuff. You know, when I left, I didn't want to – do any coaching roles and I was asked to, you know, to help out and stuff, which was fine, but you know, it was it was a lot simpler just to say I'm just taking a break away from it. I didn't know when I was coming back. But um, you know, it's like at this point now, you know, obviously I'm back which is which was great. But the timing was everything. But for that phone call I was just thinking, Oh no, what? You know, it's like you know, do you a pitching clinic or coaching clinic. <laughs> yeah. And he says, Oh, we're putting you in the in the hall I says, Wow really <laughs> me? <laughs> me. Wow. God they didn't even know my name when I was playing. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see the last team I played for? They, they kept me on the bench the fifth yeah. innings. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's like, jeez, I'm a bench warmer. I'm not putting that on. So, yeah. So, but that was, it, it took me back because it was quite a quick phone call. Yeah. And completely, I never even thought, it never crossed my mind before that as well, of being in a Hall of Fame for New Zealand at all. Like, I thought it was well above... The higher echelons of the the real greats, you know. It's it's. I'm like a blue collar great. I just kind of out there throw punches, you know, swing as hard as I can, you know, in the trenches and you know help the other boys. And, and you know, it's, it's great that I had some big moments, but I never thought it was that they saw it as, as big enough to say, "Oh, well, you you deserve to be, you know, one of the the, the many in the, in the in the the Hall of Fame." But you know, very honoured, surprised, but um, you know, I'm I'm happy. Uh, it's happy it shows that sometimes a lot of hard work and the effort you do put into some stuff sometimes it, it does go it doesn't go you know unnoticed and um it shows that if you put the effort in sometimes it is worth it you know so and, you know so i'm, I'm humbled and, and i'm thankful 10 all world 
selections at the ICs, two world championships for New Zealand, 26 home runs, 101 games, a 373 career batting average. You are one of the greats, Patrick Shannon. Well, I'll take it if it sounds like that, you know. If they, t- if they sold it to me like that before, that would have been easy, you know. <laughs> but you, when you think of it yourself, you don't think, you don't think it, it accumulates to that much, don't you? Because in a nutshell, I was probably only remembered for most of the time as three things, the two home runs and my open stance. Apart from that, you know, it's, I was always there, thereabouts, and I was lucky to play with some real great players, you know. And, and But, um, hey, it's the stuff that doesn't get noticed probably goes, you know, Goes a lot in my favour too, so I'll, I'll take it, that's for sure. Um, um, I've got a couple of questions from uh, some of the fans who sent some things in, but before I get to it, there's one about uh, me playing against you. I remember you uh, telling me something about uh, your style of catching, but it was the mental approach. You were like, I'll always talk to a hitter when he comes in the batter's box, and I was like, why is that? And you were like, because if I get him to say something to me, I've got him. Mm, yeah, and you never talked. <laughs> you never. And, but I respected that too because we, played, we actually played – we played a lot while we were still playing, but we didn't actually play each other heaps. We played no. quite a, a little bit, a few yeah. um, Vicu finals you know, yeah. and, and stuff, but it's not like we played a lot of the time and, and always cross past heaps. But uh, one thing when we played, yeah, I talked to a lot, a lot of people because I wasn't not trying to get in their head, but as long as I can get some two ways, it's not, they're yeah. not fully focused. Yeah. But I was more focused on taking the focus from them. You know, because I was sound of what my was I was trying to do, but and like say when it was comes to you, and I lot, not many players don't talk, but I respect that too because I respect you getting to work, you do your work because yeah. off the field, yeah. easy, you know, good times, and so that's so it goes two ways, but yeah, that's probably one of the one of my, not tricks, but just one of the, my my mannerisms of how yeah. I play because I was quite vocal. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, because here I was I was a catcher of course, and I thought oh, that's the good tip. I'll take that and put it in my own game. So I try to use it on you. Before I could talk to you, you talked to me on your way over the bat. Yeah. So it didn't matter. <laughs> no, that's right. I was, I was, I was, I was. I talk to everyone a yeah. lot of time. I like to know where everyone is, yeah. where th- what they're thinking, you know, and, and what they're not. What they're not saying is pretty much telling you what they're thinking yeah. some of the time too. And but uh, yeah, was, what, what I'm thinking and what I'm feeling, everyone knew it. Yeah, that's the kind of person I am. Well, you didn't say no again when you answered the call from uh, Mark Sorensen, and he's coming up next week. We'll talk a bit about that in a tick, but uh, um, and he's asked you to come on board as the battery coach for the Golden Homes Black Sox. How important is that for you to give back to that uh, that team that you you've spent so many years bleeding for? Well, yeah, it was it was a little bit of a surprise, you know. It just, a lot of the people when I wasn't playing and before this, I was asked to be a selector by him as well, and I said, "Well, yeah, okay." It's been time, and I don't mind. I think I can add a little bit of value to it. I didn't think I'd get fast-tracked this much to being a battery coach. Maybe in the future I thought, oh, maybe I could take on a a battery coaching role. You know, I I do have a little bit to offer. I knew when I left that I didn't give back as much as I should have to the catches coming through, and that was a little – and it was part of my fault, and I knew that too. And and New Zealand softball a little bit would have liked to me to be around a a little bit, which is just, you know, that's how it goes sometimes. So, But for this one, yeah, quite big. You know, and then the situation, it was funny because when Brutus called me, and they says, okay, you know, we, we want you to be the battery coach. And I said, well, that's fine, but I'm not going to jump through hoops. You know, go through the how many people applying and, and the hoops, which is fine. But I says, but you want me, you want me, because I am who I am. He goes, no, this is what you want. And I actually joke, he says, how many people you rung before me? Because <laughs> <laughs> I, said, I know how you went. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, no, no, you're the first. I go, wow, geez, you're going right for the heart, oh, eh? Yeah, yeah he's just, well, okay, fair enough. 
you know, says, well, yeah, I'm in. I said, I ain't scared of it. You know, it's a good challenge. It's, yeah. it's something to kind of wind back the clock, reset, but it's, you can't, they're not the same as what we used to be. And we, we, and I say we is like as if I'm 100 years old. It's like cultures change, players yeah. change. Yeah. You can't make them try and play like the players before, like the, the legends, like the Brad Ronas, the Jared Martins, Mark Sorensons, you know. So, um, but to get them, we just got to get them to a place where they're battle hardened as well. That's half of it, you know. That's that's the biggest takeaway that I've took from this, and especially from the battery side of it, the pitches, and you know, they, they got a lead. You know, they haven't. It's kind of they've been a little invisible, you know, and, and they're hoping the hitters get them through, which is it was fine. But no, it's a good challenge. I think we've got it. You know, we've got to pull it out of them, and, and I'm not going to be one for a hug. And that's what Brutus wants. You know, he want, he he likes the style of. He, I got to be not the bad cop, but we got to get them a little. Hardened up a little bit and, and, yep. and get the people behind them a little. Be pr- the, 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 you know, everyone's was disappointed. The softball community, I was disappointed, and it's not so much that we lost; it's a little bit in the way we lost. If I'm being honest, so we get the people behind it. They want to see what they want to see, and and uh, if we get if we start from there, the softball part will be easy. The softball part's not the problem. It's just getting the heads out their ass. <laughs> <laughs> Are we going to see any Patty Shannon stances? <laughs> Will that come into it? Hey, hey, you know, if a few guys can't hit the outside, yeah, well, maybe <laughs> same. Look, kid. <laughs> come here to me. Uh, we got a question from Matt Tannell, uh, one of the softball enthusiasts, asking about New Zealand getting to host the World Cup uh, next year. Is that an advantage or a disadvantage? Oh, at this point, I think it's an advantage. You know, we have a lot of the resources in our backyard. You know, obviously with the, the, the COVID scenario and the, and the pandemic, et cetera, we don't have to go nowhere to, to, to lose time on what we can get, you know, and, and we've always been resourceful as a, as a sport as a whole, no matter where we are. But since we're being in our own backyard, you know, we've got no excuses of, you know, no stone unturned. We can kind of pretty much iron out any wrinkles and, and put the best product out that we can that we can dig up and find. So I think it's a it's and not hiding from it because if there's if there's one place that we can turn it around we can turn it around here. So yeah. We look at your competition now, uh, Patty, and of course the debut first uh, world championship going to Argentina and playing Japan in the final there. The rise of these other nations is that a surprise to you? No, not really. It's so from the the Argies, a lot of them and the Japanese, but the Argies predominantly a lot of them go to the states and play, and they play a lot with the Kiwis. You know, they're not no one's naive enough to say if you want to get better, you go play with the better teams, and the better teams have a lot of the Kiwis. And when we were running on all cylinders, it's they took a lot of notes and 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 like tips of not the the skill sets and stuff, but the way we go about it. And that they're kind of a mirror image of where we were maybe five, six, seven years ago. They've got that hungriness, you know, and the fearlessness, you know. You know, uh, physically and skillfully, no one can match us on a good day. We, we've got the great skills, etc., and and, the, and up top as well. We know what we're going to do, game plans. But they've just got that that real mongrel hardness, and that's hard to beat because once they get on you, they're going to not get off you. And that's that's all we're. It's not like we're missing it, but we got to pull it out of ourselves too to even the playing field again. And then it gets down to just the ball and bat, and money goes to us. Like that, money goes to us, yeah, Damien. I like that as well. Without a doubt. Well, buddy, we've been asking all of our guests for an all-world selection, so now you're in a coach's role a little bit. I suppose it's not, yeah. that, not that hard for you, but you get to pick one player, one position. New Zealand, anywhere in the world, take your pick, up to you. You're the coach. Oh, it's quite easy, actually. 
me being a catcher, yeah. you know, and then this is about winning, you know, and, and you go for the the best and the greatest. Yeah. And I'll Can't probably say Patrick Shannon, by the way. Just no, so, yeah, okay. no, that's okay. for sure, because it wouldn't be. <laughs> it wouldn't be. I have to go the it old Mark Sorensen. It sounds like a big Bruyomia beer, but <laughs> yeah. if I'm going to put my my life on the line with a with a catcher in a, in a big game and, and to win everything, you, you can't go past him. That's why he is who he is, you know, and, uh, and I put my faith in him like that. And then for that and, and saying that too, for him, you know, and for me moving forward, when he starts coaching like he played, then we're going to be just the same as well. So, But I'm going to go with Mark Sorensen for that, the catcher's role, and that's a hard one to argue. Well, that's our pitcher catcher sorted. Beyond the dugout, starting catcher for the All World All Star selection team is behind the dish is none other than the head coach for New Zealand, but it was all about his playing career. Mark Sorensen uh, is the name catcher here on behalf of Petty. Petty, man, I want to thank you for your time, bro. It's uh, awesome. I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing you grow in this coaching role because I've seen you as a player what you did through your career. And I'm not like the Niagara Stompers, man. I know who you are. <laughs> You're simply amazing, man. Well, I'm hoping I can just bring the best out of the, the team and the battery. You know, it's, it's all I can do. I hope they reflect how I played. And if that's a, a good thing for the team, then that's the direction that we're going to be heading. And uh, as long as the people get behind us and the players start believing too of what we're going to be doing, hey, we've got no problems. Too good. Thank you so much, Petty, for, no, your, for your time, mate. It's, uh, it's been awesome. I'm just sitting here fanboying out, mate, so oh, no. uh, I've loved it. So thank you. Oh, no, you're welcome. Well, normally we talk about the next guest. It's Mark Sorensen, but you just give him the biggest rap in the world anyway. So <laughs> it's the boss up next week, Mark Sorensen, for the next edition of Beyond the Dugout. But, of course, firstly, thank you, Patrick Shannon, for your time, not just here in the, at the Warrior Sports Bar here and Beyond the Dugout, but, man, just your, your time in the game. It's real special, and we are fans so are most of the people in the world. Well, thank you for that. And uh, I'm happy everyone loved what I used to do. And I uh, hope I can just do the same from the coach's side. And then uh, have a few more stories to tell. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Bring back the Patty Shannon stance. That's all I can say. <laughs> Bring it back. Bring I'll, it back. I'll talk to Brutus. He's the hitting coach on this. <laughs> <laughs> None of that fancy smancy stuff, right? <laughs> You're the battery coach. <laughs> well, there you go. Patrick Shannon, 10-time all-world selection, two world championships for the Golden Home Black Sox, and numerous awards. Don't go past the IC Hall of Fame. And, of course, Softball New Zealand's Hall of Fame edition. We salute you, sir, and thank you so much. Thank you for having me, guys. It was awesome. It's been a pleasure. Patrick Shannon, man, what a gentleman, what a stance, what a career. <laughs> well, I'm glad you threw the stance in there, but what a gentleman, what a, like, absolute... Absolute character. Like I've never had the fortune to actually be around the man uh, a lot, um, passing by here and there. But um, to sit here and listen to him, it was outstanding. Just the legends of our game, like Patrick Shannon, is man. As we talked about in his interview, the people that he's touched in his life through softball. Yeah, no, it's he's given back, hasn't he? And he's been around and 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 seeing the value in the sport and the people and and really really cherish that and it was just awesome to listen to you know one word that springs to mind i think about patrick shannon is showtime two home runs both uh, in the uh, in the grand finals one in 13 and the one earlier in 2004 man that's just i mean that's that's fairy tale stuff 
He, he referred to um, what was it? Uh, people know me as two hits and a stance. <laughs> you know, like no, it was uh, you know, and, and and let's talk about those two home runs just quickly. But uh, second innings to take the lead or to tie the game. You know, so same same thing in different years. But hey, hey awesome. You're doing, right. doing it under pressure, man. You know, New Zealand's down. It's gold medal match. And talk, that's just clutch, right, with a capital C. No one's really talked about that, eh? Like, you know, like, yeah, there's a massive crowds and all this. Oh, mate, I'd, I'd shit myself. Absolutely shit myself. But these guys are so calm, humble, calm, collected. I'm really looking forward to seeing what he's going to do with the Black Sox now as a new battery coach. And uh, going forward, it's going to be exciting. And, of course, next week, the 14th of uh, May, we'll move on to Episode 5. The, the boss is in the house, Mark Sorensen. Well, we'll definitely find out if they're working together nicely. I'm sure Mark will tell us. Uh, Paddy uh, seems to be quite quite nice in what he said, and maybe that's because Mark's next. Uh, but um, no, it's uh, it's uh, awesome to see a, a catcher in there because uh, usually, you know, a battery coach is a pitcher, mm. um, and it's uh, it'd be interesting to see how they work together, being both pitchers. Well, I, I agree with you. Oh, catchers. Uh, no, you, oh, catchers, I got yeah. you. Um, I, I agree with you, uh, Damien. Um, and the question I asked uh, Patty earlier tonight was that, um, you know, with Mark Sorensen being the inherent and basically the best softballer in the country and the world as catcher, do you ever think about trying a different position? Because I know a lot of people did, and, and I was one of those, to be honest with you. When I was coming, I was like, at least no way I'm going to make that team, not with Mark Sorensen there. So I'm interested to ask Mark how he felt about that. Oh, yeah, absolutely, because when Patrick was behind him, he was still a stellar player, you know. Like uh, Mark had the had the top spot, but he definitely had pressure on him. Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Episode four in the can. Thank you so much for tuning in to Beyond the Dugout. I'm being Jason Gooby's AK Chop on behalf of uh, Damien Collins. Thank you and good night. See you. Beyond the dugout, lace them up and we run out Step up to the place, swing away, or you get struck out Picture on the mound like you don't wanna face this Hit it so hard, you be running round the bases Do it for your teammates, do it for the fam Do it for your city, true ballers understand You gotta work together, you gotta find a way Put your body on the line and make that play Beyond the dugout, lace them up and we run out Step up to the place, swing away, or you get struck out Picture on the mound like you don't wanna face this Hit it so hard, you be running round the bases Beyond the dugout Beyond the dugout. Beyond the dugout. Beyond the dugout.